Hi guys, it's Martin Futter here from BetfairTradingCommunity.com and I'm here today with this week's podcast which is Football Betting and Trading, The Red Flags. Um, so today I'm going to talk about what I trade on in football or in fact most importantly why I don't trade on certain games in football uh, just to give you a flavour of what I look to avoid and uh, how it can benefit your trading in general. Um, so obviously as the off-season of football is upon us, um, it seems more relevant than ever to talk about this because um, you know we don't want to be forcing bets at this time of year just because there's less games on. Um, so I think we need to be really careful about what we're betting on and uh, you know the reasons why we're betting these games. Make sure that they're the right reasons. Um, so I've seen a few people bedding and getting involved in games I don't think they ever would have got involved in during the European League season and for me that in itself is a huge red flag so you know don't bet on situations that you wouldn't normally bet on just because that's the only football available at that time um, because you know there's no need to force the bets um, it only ever leads to tears in the end and there are plenty of good leagues to trade at this time of year. So if you haven't already, check out my podcast from a couple of weeks ago where I talked about summer football trading. Uh, it's brilliant. I tell you what leagues I trade and uh, just why I enjoy trading at this time of year, even though there are slightly less games. Um, so obviously today I'm going to go through the red flags I see in football that make me avoid trading certain games and situations. I'll try and cover them all, but obviously if I've missed anything, just let me know. Um, sometimes I do go against this advice, um, but very rarely. Um, and certainly not just to have a trade that day because nothing else has been worth betting on. So if I do go against it, it would have to be an exceptional circumstance, um, not just because there's not been a lot on and I need to make some money today. Um, as I just said, you know, that will only end in tears. So bear in mind as well that with these, I tend to bet on goals. So I'm a guy who likes goals being scored. Um, that's what I bet on. Uh, so obviously a lot of these red flags will cover games that will potentially not have goals because of certain reasons. So if you're an unders backer, you might want to look at these red flag games and think actually these might be games I'm interested in. Um, but obviously as an overs backer, these are the situations that I'm looking to avoid. So first one, uh, a very simple one, and uh, I've heard many professional traders speak about this, is cup games. So, obviously with cup games, there's hardly any form to go on. Because unlike league football, um, there aren't many cup games in a season. So, for example, take something like the FA Cup, where you don't enter till the third round if you're one of the higher teams. Um, and you might play four, five, six games in it. But there's nothing really to you know gauge form on, because often you're playing teams from different leagues, you're playing teams, you know, from the Premier League. You might play their reserve team, um, so they really are just generally quite horrible to bet on um, for goals. Um, because also nil nil is often a good result for teams in cups because they're not looking to get knocked out. So how many times do we see um, FA Cup replays and and teams celebrating that nil nil because they managed to get you know Man United 
back to their place or something after getting nil nil at Old Trafford against Man United reserves. So it's uh, it can be an absolute minefield for trading cup games. Um, Champions League and Europa League slightly different, and you know sometimes there will be situations where I want to trade those, but. Even those leagues, even though I say leagues, they're not really leagues. Even those cups in general um, can be difficult, especially the two-legged ties um, and some of the later uh, group stage games where teams don't need to score goals. Um, okay, so the second thing that I avoid is red cards. Um, now I know some people like red cards for goals, and I understand why. Um, but for me, red cards do change games, and often can lead to the team the red card just shutting up shop um, so form can go out of the window totally here and it's such a rare situation that we don't actually have a lot of data on it so you know say um, Juventus Real Madrid this weekend if Real Madrid go down to 10 men well how often have they played with 10 men against one of the top teams recently um, especially in the Champions League probably not very often so what do we really have to go on as to whether they will be okay or whether they'll shut up shop um we just don't know and for me you know i want situations that i can predict and for me that makes it a lot less predictable also the market will tend to show a lot of love for the team with 11 men so goals odds tend to come in on a red card just because People are expecting a team to shut up and it might be hard to score. But at the same time, sometimes they can even go out. So um, the team might expect the team who hasn't got the red card now to score when they wouldn't have before. Slightly different when you get down to nine men because obviously the goal should come, no doubt. But the problem with that is the market is well aware of that. So any value that's there is likely to be scooped up um, you know, long before you're able to get into it. Um, okay, so the third situation I try and avoid is dead rubbers. Okay, so there's end of season games, for example, um, where the result means nothing to either team. They're both safe, they're both ready for the beach, and uh, obviously, I think this one's fairly self explanatory um, no motivation, um, and most players are on their holidays already. So, Dead rubbers for me, just a total no-no. Um, there's no exception to that. Playoff games is the next one. Now, I know a lot of people like trading playoff games, but for me, they just don't reflect league form at all. Um, so take the championship playoff final at the weekend. You know, Huddersfield, really free-scoring team. Reading, one of the top teams, you know, could score and concede goals at will at times. I mean, they, they had an eight-goal thriller against Norwich. Admittedly, it was 7-1 to Norwich. But, um, you know, there's plenty of goals in these games. Same with Huddersfield. Yet, they played 120 minutes and didn't have a goal. And, you know, by all accounts, to be honest, I didn't see the game, but by all accounts, it was a very dull game of football. And there weren't a ton of chances in general. Um, so you've got some of the best goal scorers in the league on show, and they didn't score. And part of the reason is that playoffs can be very nervy affairs. So teams aren't likely to go out for a goal and full out attack for a goal unless they have to. Because they're so scared of getting counter-attacked or the team scoring the other end. They want to protect their end first. And, uh, you know, it's a bit like, so for example, going back to cup games, the World Cup. 
and European Championships, some of those group games, some of those knockout games are interminable. Um, really dull affairs and uh, that's what tends to happen you know we get really excited about these big matches but a lot of the time they are let down so uh, purely for that reason that the teams are just so afraid of conceding um, so the next thing is obviously for me I avoid low scoring leagues um, it's a pretty basic one I know some people are tempted by low scoring leagues because you're going to get better odds on goals um, and maybe there's a case very occasionally for getting involved in those leagues, but you know I can't, I can't really be getting too confident even getting those better odds on some of these leagues. I mean I'm thinking about in particular team, you know leagues like Argentina and France, um, where you can have all the best stats in the world, uh, even pre-match or or in play, but they just don't seem to equate and. Uh, very often you will end up just disappointed betting on those leagues. Um, you'll learn as a trader over time which leagues suit your style of trading. So some people might disagree with me on this and say, oh, no, I love another Argentina. I mean, French first league isn't too bad. I'm thinking more the lower divisions. Argentina is just horrible. Um, there's whole blocks of leagues I avoid. I mean, for me, the Middle East and Eastern Europe, um, I mean, not to say that they're just fairly dodgy leagues in general anyway um but you know they're they're just not leagues i'm ever going to get involved in because of the low scoring um mentalities that some of those teams have um so yeah and that kind of links actually to my next one which is games with no liquidity okay so when there's not much money in the market um you don't really know what the true odds are at times or what the market's even offering you, you know, when there's big gaps in the market. So sometimes you end up chasing prices when, you know, you probably should have had a better price on it. Um, but also, you know, what's the point of trading low liquidity games? Okay, because if you can't get a serious stake on and your aim is to be a professional trader or you are a professional trader, then you know, why are you going to bother trading those leagues? Because as soon as you move up a level, you're not going to be able to get a bet on. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's part of the reason I don't bet on them because it's just, it's no money. I mean, you might have two quid sitting there. I mean, what's the point of that long term? If you're really wanting to be a pro trader, you need to focus on the matches you know you can get bets on. Um, so another thing that I don't think enough people consider this one at all is bad weather. Um so they might consider it if they're watching a match but actually I think some people just get involved in games looking at pre-match or in-play stats obviously a lot of the time we don't have time to watch every game we trade and we won't know that there's bad weather necessarily um, so the two things to look out for any kind of heavy rain and snow um, because it's a lot harder to score in these situations um, the ball gets quite heavy. The pitch can be quite heavy. Um, and sometimes players just don't fancy it, you know, um, when it's snowing or it's pissing it down. You don't always fancy uh, having a good kick about, do you? I mean, I've played football in that situation and uh, probably haven't given my all. Um, but not just that. The pitch isn't great to play on. Sometimes it can just be a total mud bath. Um Check Bet365 because their in-play will often tell you um, what the weather conditions are. 
You can also check like the local weather reports. That's pretty easy to do. It's gonna. It does take a bit of time, but it's it's well worth researching this stuff before placing bets. Um, because you know you can worry too much about. Oh, I need to get in the market quickly. I need to take this opportunity. But sometimes just taking a minute to check everything out um, can save you a lot of money. So it's well worth doing. The one thing I would say as well, light rain is fine because um, footballers like light rain because the ball comes on a bit nicer and the passes, it skids through a bit. Um, so, you know, technical footballers don't mind light rain. Um, but heavy rain, uh, you know, like I say, the pitch can become an absolute mud bath and... Uh, it's uh it becomes a lot more of a lottery at that time um okay another situation i try to avoid is teams who don't score much but they do concede plenty okay so what you'll see is is you'll look at stats sometimes and you'll think oh there's a this team there's an average of three goals a game or and this other team but then when you look at the stats a bit closer actually team a and b score less than one goal a game themselves and with the reason they've got such high goal averages is because they concede a lot of goals now when you get two teams playing each other who are like this i often find you don't get many goals because their attacks are just so bad it doesn't really matter that the defense isn't great either um so of course you'll get exceptions to that and you can it's one of those you can go with but for me i just tend to avoid that i've found it hasn't really worked for me so another one for avoiding with goals is uh, teams with histories of, of a lot of nil-nils, either in the head-to-head -head or previous matches. So really, you want teams that hardly ever have nil-nil full-time results. Um, and I think for me, sometimes when teams have had more than one in that season, um, I'm usually done. I'm not. I'm not going to get involved in that situation. Um, and you definitely don't want any in the last four to five games of each team. Uh, so, you know, we're really trying to eliminate things as much as possible here. So my final point is pre-match stats, okay? Because pre-match stats are just important, if not more important, than in-place stats. Okay, maybe that sounds like a no-brainer. But I want both of these on my side before making a trade. And... I can think of plenty of examples where I've looked at Bet365's in-place stats and I can see that there's been 20 shots on goal first half. I think, brilliant, it's got to be a goal. Um, and then just watch the rest of the match peter out. So you want to know that teams are scoring a lot of second-half goals before you get involved. You can't assume that one half to another is going to be the same. Football just doesn't work like that. And also... Um, you know, you want to know that they've got a history of scoring a lot of goals in general and these games aren't going to be nil-nil. I've seen too many people just jumping in on in-play stats, going, oh, yeah, but the in-play stats were good. Yeah, but the pre-match stats were awful. So why on earth would you get involved in that situation um, where, you know, the pre-match is just horrible? Um, and you're basically throwing money away. Again, it's a lot of this just purely comes down to being meticulous in your research, and and there's no excuse for not being that. Um, you know, it really doesn't take long for each match. You know, I, I can probably spend five minutes researching, but in that time, I've checked out ten different sources, um, got exactly what I need to know in terms of knowledge for that match, so I can make a decision.
And sure, when you look for all these things, you will end up taking probably quite a few matches out of your trading, um, you know, your mind when you're trading. Uh, but actually, I think they're the losing trades that you're removing. So long term, it's really going to benefit you um, and hopefully save you a lot of heartache. Um, so, yeah, that's about it for this. Um, if I've missed anything, again, let me know because um, I'll add it to it and I'll probably turn this into a blog post as well at some point. Um, I believe if you avoid these red flags, your match selection and trading will improve. Um, it certainly helped me. You know, I've watched people like Keith on the forum who've, who've built up from the very beginning of their trading as a total newbie um, to virtually being on the verge of turning pro. And the one thing they do is they're very meticulous with their match selection. You know, they check everything out. And uh, I think that's just an absolute key. And, and too many people try to sidestep that. Um, I don't know why, maybe because of time constraints, things like that. But you're much better off making less trades but making sure they're the right trades. So I hope that's helped people. Um, you know, it's good for me just to remind myself of anything um, so that I know that I'm not doing it in the trading that's coming up over this weekend. Um, just remember to check us out if you haven't already betfairtradingcommunity.com um, get involved on the Facebook group uh, get involved on the website there's a lot going on obviously we've got the daily stats we've got this podcast we've got blog posts um, you know we've got our daily uh, our emails are actually sorted now so um, we've had real problems with the emails the last couple of months we've had to totally switch provider which has just been an absolute nightmare but now we have got them sorted so they're going out daily again with the tips so don't miss out on those because you're missing out on good proven strategies and uh, i'll catch you next week for the next podcast thanks